0: Dorgan ramen is in a restaurant in ashland massachusetts it serves traditional and authentic japanese ramen thai noodle soups and the best chicken wings in the metro west everything is done in house from scratch and they use only the highest quality products from small farms co-chef owners up and and Alan McIntosh combine their culinary skills with traditional Japanese cuisine to create an authentic, amazing flavor in every dish. Located at 1 West Union Street on Ashland, Massachusetts, their phone number is 508-309-3416. Or they can be located on Facebook at Dorigan Ramen Ashland and on their website as well, www.doriganramen.com. exciting episode of goth girl horror the official hack slash podcast i am your host dr chris
1: and i am your co-host tercy lux
0: and tonight we are talking about hack slash annual number three which i think is the fine last annual to come out i don't think they did any more after this one but i might be wrong but uh yes yeah, hack slash annual number three hatchet slash as it's called old school american horror versus comic book horror hunter so the uh, the title i gave it on twitter was kathy and Vlad versus richard crowley but it's Hatchet Slash.
1: Kind of a nice play on Hack Slash.
0: I had seen all of the Hatchet films up to this point when this issue came out in 2011, and I believe it was just the first two. The third one would come out two years later, and then the fourth one would come out in 2016, as it did.
1: And I I was going to say, I've seen the first three, and then, of course, just recently saw the newest one, the
0: fourth one for Victor
1: Crawley, and, of course, that was for our little watch party.
0: I haven't listened to Adam Green's podcast as, like, thoroughly as I used to because there's a lot of other podcasts that I've gotten into, but I, I – um, and his podcast has become very uh, pay-to-play. Like, it's just, like, portions of a podcast now. Oh. Like, I looked up at the podcast thing, and it said, like, I don't know, the podcast feed I got was, like, portion of a podcast or something like that. So I don't know if it's, like, certain episodes are on Patreon and certain episodes aren't. I don't – I'm not 100% certain.
1: Yeah,
0: that's weird. But again, I haven't tuned into the podcast in, in, in quite, quite a while on a regular basis, the exception of like a, an episode here and there. I used to listen like every single episode, even if it was somebody I wasn't, I didn't really know who they were. But it, uh, I started getting absorbed in other people's podcasts. I've kind of uh, stopped doing that.
1: <laughs> well, when you're so busy with your own and how many you've been doing, I can completely understand that.
0: Yeah, a little bit of that too as well. So right before we get to the the meat of the episode, as we always do, which is the comic book, I thought it'd be a great idea to go over the Hack Slash, sorry, the Hack Slash movie, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the Hatchet Films. And the first Hatchet film came out in 2000 and the first Hatchet film came out in 2006. I thought it had a blockbuster video um, in 2007, but I'd heard about it and I bought the Hatchet t-shirt before I even knew what the movie was. Because somebody at Ray Comics said, oh, that was, like, this employee who used to work at, like, Ray Comics. He went off to Hollywood to make this movie. His name's Adam Green. And I was like, oh, okay. That's cool. And then a couple of years later at RockShock, I actually got to meet Adam Green, which was really cool. And found out, you know, he's from Massachusetts. And, you know, then Hatchet 2 came out in 2010. And then so on and so forth. Um, and then, of course, his Holliston TV series. And then now his, you know, pretty well-known podcast. As well as a lot of other movies that he's done, such as the uh, the horror movie Frozen and um, digging up the marrow. Yeah. Um, But I think Victor Crowley was the last movie he did for, you know, kind of like anything else. He's had some, like, web episode shows, and he's worked on the Friday the 13th video game as well. There's always the rumor that, you know, like like there'll be a season three Holliston, but it has yet to manifest itself. One of those where they just
1: kind of tease it, but it hasn't actually become anything.
0: Right, exactly. Um, he worked on something called Heart Baby Eggplant recently, which I'm not really too i I'm not really certain what that is.
1: I was gonna um, say it sounds weird, whatever it is.
0: Yeah, there was an area that's called twenty first annual Halloween short, but uh yeah, none of it really worked on a whole heck of a lot in terms of like directing. Um, so hopefully when the pandemic subsides we will see in the return of uh, you know, Adam Green. Hopefully, yeah. As a director. Um, the first Hatchet movie was about a group of tourists um, go out to New Orleans Haunted Swamp Tour to find themselves stranded in the wilderness. Their evening of fun and spooks turns into a horrific nightmare. And it has, of course, all four films star King Hodder as Victor Crowley, Joel David Moore, best known as being in the um, Avatar movie, and uh, a lot of other out-of-green films. But he was uh, JP and Grandma's Boy, and he was Owen in Dodgeball. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And he was on, uh, he's supposed to be in like the next three, uh, by the way, on his IMDb, I'm not even joking. It says Avatar 2, 3, 4, and 5 for 22, 24, 26, and 2028. 20, Do you believe oh they're actually making those Avatar films? Uh, no.
1: I, there's no way I believe that.
0: I believe they're making the sequel. The sequel is officially actually in post-production. Yes. I believe that to be true. Um. We will see if it's going to be, like, the big Ten pull of, like, it was before.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, no, two is officially, like, completely finished. Like, uh, Kate Winslet's in it, Zoe Saldani's, the Weaver's returning, Michelle Yeoh and a whole bunch of Sam Worthington's returning, Stephen Lang, you know, a bunch of people. So,
1: hopefully they can pull it, if, even though it's been how many years, that they can get people to come.
0: Right. I just don't think that the, uh I, I think we've had a lot of stuff in between. If people think like Avatar is going to take over for end game or the force awakens, eh, I, don't,
1: I don't think
0: so. <laughs> I don't think so. I think we're so far past like blue naked people, fucking horses in the ass. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed the first hatchet movie. I thought it really like it was a really put together, well done horror movie. Um, the actress who plays uh, Mary Beth is uh, Amara Zaragoza. And I never understood why she didn't come back for the other movies. Maybe it was like a conflict of scheduling, you know, type of thing. She's gone to a lot of TV show type stuff, but she was, re- <laughs> excuse me, she was replaced in the sequel by Daniel Harris.
1: Which, I mean, I, as much as I like her character from the first one, I'm more than thrilled that we had Daniel Harris take
0: over because she's one of my favorite celebrities so right daniel harris goes like running into the cabin um and on the monitor of the tv sorry on the tv you see um one of the survive the the female survivor from frozen talking about her experience and you know her friends being dead did you did you catch that uh no i
1: completely missed that from that yeah
0: it's like while the camera's panning around So Marybeth escapes the clutches of the Bayou Butcher, uh, Victor Crowley, and returns to the swamp with an army of hunters and gunmen, along with Tony Todd, who was in the first movie. Tony Todd played Reverend Zombie. Kind of a quick cameo, uh, a few lines, but then he's joined by Perry Shen, who lives to be in the fourth one, uh, because his brother, his twin brother was in the first one. So basically Perry's playing two characters. Mm -hmm. Um, Tom Holland, best known as directing Fright Night and Child's Play, and uh, I'd like to say friend of the show. Um, (laughs) R.A. mil off. he was uh, Leatherface in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Okay, Uh, yeah. Ed Ackerman, I don't know if he has any relationship to Forrest J. Ackerman, Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of these, like, you know, kind of, like, spot-on cameo people who have been in, like, other things. Ed was in the House of the Devil, The Signal, and you're next. Um, uh, Alexis Kendra is one of these uh, hunters, and she was in The Cleaning Lady and Valentine's Day and Thor: Hammer of the Gods as Lady Sith, Not anything to do with the Marvel films. <laughs> um, but it was like a catch it and you miss it. Char- John Carl uh, uh, Bueller also was one of the uh, hunters that shows up for the uh, the Victor Crowley kind of you know, and Victor like kills goes through all these hunters. Yep. Just one by one by one. And then Mary Beth is like left alive. And you're like, oh, that must be the end of it because she finally killed him. Just like, you know, uh, what's her name? Killed Michael Myers at the end of the next one. And then yeah. we get Hatchet 3 in 2013, which I saw at a, pri- like a private screening in Holliston um, to help raise money for the Boston bombing that happened. Um, I saw it months before it came out. Uh, or at least a couple months, sorry, a couple months before it came out because Adam came out to Boston to help raise money for the uh, relief fund for the victims of the Boston bombing. Well, that was cool of him. Who that stupid son of a bitch who should rot in hell is currently getting, like, his uh, case, like, relooked at once again because bullshit. Uh. Yeah, that son of a bitch is 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 trying to get uh, away with his stuff. His wife or whatever has been living in, like, hiding because her life is like miserable because she was married to that son of a bitch
1: yeah
0: yeah well she can go to hell too um <laughs> you know his friends are you know one of, i think i think one of his i think the other bomber is dad got killed by police so yeah, not, uh, I don't have a lot of sympathy. So, uh, but uh, Adam came out here and did a, did a really nice thing. So then the sequel has uh, Carolyn Williams in it, Zach Galligan, best known for Gremlins, uh, Perry Shen returns, of course, because he kind of lives. Joel David Moore is shown to be kind of alive again. <laughs> mm, <laughs> because it yep. all takes place like one night after the other. Yeah, back to back. Right. Derek Mears, by the way, also shows up um, as one of the people. And this movie was not directed by Adam Green. It was directed by a guy named B.J. McDonnell. So the search and recovery team has that back out to the haunted swamp to pick up the pieces and Mary Beth learns the secret to the ending of the voodoo chorus that has left Victor Crowley haunting and terrorizing Honey Island Swamp for decades, in which she does until 10 years later, the fourth movie, and the, um, you know, the, the, the lightning strike crashes the plane in uh, Victor Crowley and we're right back to the swamp again. Now, how they would bring Richard Crowley back again this time? I mean, they just have to keep reciting that like chant, and that's how they bring him back. <laughs> Which they do. The guy who directed Hatchet Three has got some serious credits through his name as well. He went on to be the he's a camera and uh, he's a camera operator for dozens of movies, including Top Gun Maverick. I mean, it's a Tom Cruise movie. The Conjuring, yeah. The Devil Made Me Do It. Zombieland, Double Tap, Shazam, Annabelle comes home, The Interview, Endgame. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a pretty nice list right there. That is a pretty good filmography to have for directing, okay. you know, the uh, being the 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 uh, the, the director of that, the uh, Adam Green horror movie. And he's only got like eight credits to his name, but Hatchet Three was his first movie. And his career has always been in gripping and camera work, um, a lot of grip work until he became a steady cam operator for a lot of those big budget movies I mentioned. Again, one of them being, you know, Top Gun Maverick, which is yet to come out, as well as The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Those are two huge films. Yeah. So um, you get to work on those movies. You're, you know, you, uh, you can go some places, play your cards right. I was going to say, hopefully he can. So the continuity of this comic book is a little unclear. I never did ask Adam, where does the continuity of this comic book fall into place? Now, did you know there were also Hatchet comic books? That they actually
1: have the separate comic books? Yes, but I have not read any of them.
0: I read a few of them. They're not like on any kind of like main schedule to keep track of, so it's a little hard to keep up with them. Yeah. Um, they come out very sporadically, so it's not like an ongoing series. There's a Hatchet Halloween Tales uh, comic book one-shot uh, with, and a lot of them in a Halloween Tales Two one-shot, um, and they all have like various like covers as well. So it can be very hard, kind of like the Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street comic books you've ever found um, by Avatar. Yeah, they can be a little hard to uh, keep track of because there are multiple covers make it look like they're separate issues of different series and such.
1: I always wonder why they decide to do that with some comics, where if they're just kind of like come up with the idea on a whim and go with it, or it's just something that they don't have the time to schedule it in on a regular basis.
0: Right. Absolutely. And a lot of these, hold on. Well, and that's pretty much all the information I have about the movie. There's a ton of uh, you know great uh, stuff out there to watch about them with interviews with, with Adam. If you do happen to pick up the DVDs, by the way, they all have audio commentary on here, making of featurettes. Um, some of them have like two or three commentaries on here. Like the third one has a cast and crew commentary with Adam Green, B.J. McDonald, cinematographer Will Barrett, makeup artist Robert Pendegraf, and then a commentary with Adam, B.J., Kane Hodder, um, so the kind of the commentaries are sometimes repeated. Like there's a technical commentary and then a cast commentary. Nice. Yeah. Um, and I have all my uh, uh films uh signed by Adam as well and a couple of them signed by Kane and the first hatchet movie uh signed by Joel David Moore.
1: That's fantastic.
0: Yeah, I actually got to have Joel on the show as well, uh when I met him at that two thousand thirteen uh charity event for the Boston bombing. Well that's cool. Yeah. Um, Zach Galligan was there as well, too, because he was also promoting the uh, Hatchet 3. Oh. On to the comic book itself. Charcy has a plot synopsis for us for Hatchet Slash. Yes, I do. So for
1: Hatchet Slash, or our Hatchet Slash Annual 3, the script was by Benito Sereno. Art was by Ariel Brull. Colors are... Ariel Zucker Thomas Torre, and Timothy Yates. Ledgers was by Crank, edits was by James Lauder, and it was published by Image, and it was published on November, 2011. And years ago, a group of friends take a boat tour into the swamps near New Orleans because they wanted to see the ghost of Victor Crowley. Legend says that after he was accidentally killed by his father, he tried to seek revenge on anyone who came into a swamp. While on the tour, a young woman named Courtney is grabbed by Victor and pulled out the boat. Her friends will leave her behind. Present time brings us to New Orleans where Cassie and Vlad are investigating mysterious deaths in the area. And seven young millionaires have also gone missing. Elsewhere, the seven missing are trapped in a swamp around Victor Crowley's house. They try to escape, but they keep going in circles. Their friend, Blake, was already killed. Unfortunately, they stumble upon his corpse and realize that they are back at the house. Crowley manages to grab steel and bashes his head in with a hatchet. The other five friends run away in terror. Cassie and Vlad's investigation has brought them to the Hyperdome. It has been out of work since Hurricane Katrina, but someone has been doing renovations on it. Cassie had a hunch about it, and sure enough, they find seven expensive cars parked outside the building. They get inside the old stadium to find that all the windows and doors have been sealed shut. They they eventually find a woman in a wheelchair in one of the hallways. She explains to them that she had led them to her by leaving them little clues, like the dead bodies with symbols on them. She introduces herself, and she is Courtney. Meanwhile, back in the swamp, The remaining millionaires are getting into an argument. While they are fighting, they don't notice that Victor has found them. It turns out he's got a handsaw and he grabs onto the girl named Brittany. He easily cuts her torso in half and then proceeds to chase the rest of the group. Back in the hallway, Courtney is explaining what had happened to her all those years ago when she was attacked by Victor Crowley and how her friends had abandoned her to die. But she had gotten lucky, and was able to escape because Victor was attacked by an alligator. She managed to crawl away and find help, but she wanted revenge on her friends, so she bought the old stadium and paid a crew to move Crawley's swamp into the building. It's now a maze and a death trap for her old friends who have abandoned her. Cassie and Vlad devise a plan to save the remaining survivors. Vlad creates an opening in the building by exploding all the expensive cars just outside the wall. This causes the swamp water to leave the building and the remaining three millionaires are able to escape. This issue ends with Courtney thinking that she has survived Victor Crowley's wrath once more, but suddenly she is haunted by creepy words telling her, daddy.
0: And there's a backup story. Do you have the backup story in your omnibus? There is a backup story? No, I do not have the backup story. The backup story is Chris and Lisa going to, um, the, um, the, uh, funeral for Maggie. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. There is a, uh, there's a, they go to the funeral for Maggie and Chris meets with some of the, uh, black lamp society, um, who come as mourners. I'm wondering if that was
1: earlier in the, in my, on the bus. Cause that, that sounds familiar.
0: Yeah.
1: But I bet I do. It's just, I think it was before, um, same monster.
0: But he wants nothing to do with the black lamp society. They basically want to like induct him, but he doesn't want anything to do with them. Yeah. Because like, he knows that Lisa, you know, betrayed him in the end for, you know, for, for, for the better, you know, like she, she realized what was, you know, what she was doing was wrong. Yeah.
1: But, so. but yep. I do have it. And it is, it's, uh, the issue just before Fame Monster.
0: Oh, okay, gotcha. It. Yeah, so it's not really any particular order to this issue, but it's a nice little backup feature to give Maggie a uh, send-off. Uh, yeah. She was, I, I guess, semi-important. Uh,
1: <laughs> well, she sacrificed herself to, yeah, you know. we
0: all know what uh, the fate of certain characters are that we don't need. Like, like, yeah, well,
1: cannon um, fodder.
0: <laughs> um. So uh, I have the cover where Cassie is leaning back on one hand, holding a hatchet and the face of Victor Crowley is peering through the darkness above her, like, you know, like a face in the clouds kind of thing.
1: I have the same thing because it's the annual number three, a with uh, Tim Seeley and Mark Englert.
0: Gotcha. Cool. Um, yeah, I do like that uh, cover. Um, like Captain Top says Rev Zombie Voodoo Shop. Well uh, <laughs> Reverend Zombies Voodoo Shop. Mm-hmm. And is she wearing a Trump belt buckle?
1: I was wondering that too when I was looking at it. I'm like
0: Oh no, it says trauma. Like trauma films. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. I was gonna say, after reading uh Blood Red <laughs> That, that, that's a better option. <laughs> yeah, if you read Blood Red, you know Tim Seeley's view on uh, past politics. hmm definitely. So, it opens up with the, um, you know, like, it's always on Mardi Gras weekend, which is funny. I love the guys just like, I'm here to see two things, titties and ghosts. And
1: I've already seen the titties.
0: Basically. Um, this poor girl, I didn't realize she had both her legs ripped off.
1: Yeah, uh, both her legs and one of her arms.
0: They get away, which is surprising because Victor Crowley we usually rip everyone apart.
1: Yep.
0: This guy's artwork, um, Ariel or woman, excuse me, Ariel Zuckerbroll. I've tried to reach out to them, but uh, was to uh, unfortunately wasn't able to.
1: That's too bad. Because I, I was going to say this is a really I like the grittiness of this style, especially for this issue, because right. It, it goes really
0: well with it. Definitely. If I ever find the other cover, I'll probably definitely buy the other cover. Um, it uh, It's definitely got that Adam Green type of, uh, you know, style to it. But, yeah, this girl, she gets uh, – man, she does – that's just horrible the way she does. Cassie drawn through this whole thing is drawn, like, the way a goth chick would be. Not, yeah. like, the way she's, like, insanely pretty, like the way Tim draws her but, like, a real, like, goth, skinny chick. Especially in some shops in this book where her legs just looking insanely long. <laughs> they do look very long. The, uh, um, Vlad, Christ, Vlad pointing out uh, about how the, uh, the waiter is looking at him is just, like, you're the, the weirdest thing I've seen. And then we look over and we see Mardi Gras titties. Yep. Have you ever been to Mardi Gras?
1: I have not I have always wanted to go but you know as I keep aging
0: it's one of those things where well is it ever going to happen you make it
1: sound
0: like you're getting old. well I mean we're all getting older but (laughs) Mardi Gras is like
1: for college age (laughs) I just I can't see myself being around I don't know it's just for me I'd rather be in the comfort of my home (laughs)
0: You know what you should do is um, look into uh, becoming the host of a podcast uh, such as this one and coming out to Salem to the next Daughters of Darkness, which will be a live event because they will be past the pandemic and setting up shop because all the vendors are female and artists are female and the authors are female and you host a show called Goth Girl Horror.
1: Well, you know... (laughs) It it definitely is a good idea.
0: Something to look into for April 2022.
1: I was gonna say that's good, able to plan for that because to think about it, it's a year away. But yeah, as yep. fast as everything's been going, yeah. I I will be honest. Uh, my friends and I had originally had intentions to go to Mardi Gras for 2020. Well, we all know how that went. So. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I have never been. I mean, I'm 41. To wait, to wait. I mean, what what is really the point of going to Mardi Gras? It's but like see, why? That's,
1: that's my point. It's it's literally something for college age people. Because once you get to our age, it's like eh. <laughs>
0: So these friends are tricked into coming back into the swamp and Victor Crowley is there. I'd like to know. Oh yeah. We're, so I'm assuming Vlad in the next scene where he gets the headdress from is because somebody decided to get a little grab happy with uh, Kathy. Yeah. Just, and
1: let's face it. Nobody touches Cassie.
0: Somebody tried to apparently.
1: <laughs> they failed.
0: When they get oh, to the yeah. hyperdome you think we uh, i was I was pausing for you to have a note if uh when we get to the hyperdome
1: oh, what's that
0: i i I was pausing for you to have a note uh to continue with the play by play if you had a note and when they get to the hyperdome, they meet oh yeah definitely and of course,
1: after they talk about the fact that they're driving along and get to the hyperdome and I love that it's the fact that, you know, Kathy's got a hunch on the fact that something's going on and why is some renovations going on in this old building? And when they get into the hyperdome, that's when you can really tell the damage that had happened to Courtney where she's, because it looks like he literally ripped her legs out from where her knees were. So I can't imagine think that happened to you.
0: It looks very painful.
1: Yeah. And the art just goes like I said, because it's so gritty in that it just feels more painful than what it needs to be.
0: The fact that she was able to buy the hyperdome and like transport the swamp there is like how much money does she have that she couldn't have spent it on a new pair of legs and an arm? Yeah. Seriously? You bought this dome and you transported a swamp into it to get revenge on your friends when you could have probably flown to Japan and get some cybernetics implanted? And gotten some pretty uh, cool just robotic legs and an arm
1: and everything.
0: It's not that funny. You can have, like, all the money in the world to get the ability to walk again.
1: She was focused on revenge in the wrong way.
0: Yeah, she's... um. What is that word? Like, ugly on the outside, ugly on the inside?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that that statement says it plain and simple. (laughs) But Uh,
0: It's very funny that blonde girl, what is her name? Um, Caitlin, I think. No, that's the black girl. Um, Brittany somehow gets her like, top ripped open when she slaps uh the guy she calls a dick. Oh, steel. Yeah, when she fights with him.
1: I, I kept trying to figure out, because as the issue keeps going, I noticed that all the girls, like, their clothes get ripped open. Right.
0: Well, she gets her spinal cord completely ripped open, and her stomach gets ripped out as yeah, well. Yeah,
1: just as well.
0: Uh, <laughs> just right below the tits.
1: But, of course, which – also kind of goes to one of my favorite pages, which is the one where Cassie has finally found them. And she's talking about that she's got her hatchet. She goes, I like your little tomahawk, but it looks like mine's bigger.
0: I also still don't understand how the hell a one-armed girl with no legs is able to swim ashore like that, not attract attention to more alligators with all the blood that she's losing. Well...
1: I can imagine the fact that that's what attracted the alligator, but I, I couldn't think of how did she swim out of there and how did she crawl? I mean, details, minor details. Maybe we definitely
0: she should have been able to. Arm. We should have been able to see like a, a fight between Vlad and Victor. That would have been awesome. The VV fight.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, we know that Vlad ends up pouting outside because he wanted to be inside.
0: Did you happen to notice the the uh, the clingy as hell shirt that Cassie is wearing when she does the upper hand dive at Victor with the axe? You can clearly see her nipples. Oh
1: my gosh, yeah, I didn't know this before, but now I do.
0: The elongated legs that is uh, given to her when she talks about how uh, your little tomahawk guy is 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 uh, yeah, there's just the proportions on Cassie in this are really strange.
1: It's uh, still my favorite spot, though. <laughs> she. I, I just wrote, like her bag of tricks, That she's just got a bag that's full of a bunch of stuff, including the fact that she ends up with a Molotov uh, cocktail there.
0: Those must be insanely small cut-off shorts going all the way up to her ass cheeks because the pockets are hanging out. I've seen that before. I've never found that to be, like, a great look on girls. no the pockets hanging out below the, sh- below the the cutoff shorts all the way up to like the, basically they're barely even shorts anymore. They're basically just wearing, you're wearing, you know, um, uh, jeans like underwear. Yeah. Jeans like underwear. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I've never understood that look either. Uh, if, if they're going to make pockets just do like nowadays with jeggings where it's implied pockets, but there's not really a pocket there.
0: If you uh, if you ever come up to Massachusetts, you have to stop by Newberry Comics because that's the symbol that's on Cassie's shirt. Oh,
1: yeah? That's yeah, because Adam Green
0: used to work, for, work at Newberry Comics.
1: Oh, nice. That's cool.
0: Yeah, he worked at the Newberry Comics apparently in the Natick Mall, which is uh, not that far. Natick is not far from uh, Hul- uh, Halston.
1: I like that little homage to it then that they snuck in there.
0: Yeah, and uh, Halston's right here in my backyard uh, right low in Framingham. Nice. That dude gets his arm just butchered by Crowley. And, of course, he's like, it's too cliche, the black guy, really? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and I'm trying to think, like, he literally splits his hand in half. It's not even slicing the hand off. It is splitting it in half, like, straight down to the elbow.
0: It's just, like, completely obliterated. Mhm. Um, I almost forgot there was t- more than one blonde chick, because there's also Whitney, and she's still alive. Yeah.
1: Uh, which was kind of confusing because sometimes I kept trying to confuse them, so I had to look at
0: their clothes to figure it out. All the swamp water, too, not just the trees. Again, Uh really, like, transported this freaking swamp. Unbelievable.
1: The crew that she hired, or I
0: want to say tricked,
1: ended up doing it because, let's face it, she never had to pay anybody because they all ended up dead. Were all the dead bodies that she used to attract Vlad and Kathy to come out to New Orleans.
0: I think Victor has a lot more hair than I'm used to seeing him in the movies.
1: Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Or maybe it's like in the movies, his hair is a lot more matted. So it, it doesn't really, yeah, it definitely looks like more hair. You are right.
0: I didn't realize that that's what Victor is. uh, When you hear the moan of Victor Crowley, he's saying, daddy. Mm -hmm. He's looking for his father. I completely forgot about that.
1: That's. That's a creepy note when you start thinking about it where it's like, ooh.
0: (laughs) So Victor just fades away, but then he's still there at the end. That's the part I didn't quite understand. Where we're not supposed
1: to know, maybe? I I guess it's the same homage to most slasher movies where you think that they're dead, but they're really not, and they're going to come back.
0: Yeah, I, I guess so. Um, it just, it seems really strange that he disappears, but then she's crawling through the rubble. So is is it just like, is it droplets of swamp water that can summon him again? I, I don't get it.
1: It's it's definitely not explained, but I mean, it's kind of that nice little homage to the old horror movies. Of it's not really dead.
0: <laughs> Apparently not. Um, So I have my copy, like I said, signed by Tim Seeley. I forgot that Tim dates every one of his signatures. It says 2016 on the signature. Nice. So
1: that was already, what, five years ago
0: now? That was the last time I saw Tim Seeley in person. That was for the Boston Comic-Con. He was there with his brother. Um, We had just uh, – sorry, we were on the verge of releasing the um, – Resurrection of Dracula comic book. And my partner and I went to Boston comic con together.
1: Nice.
0: Yeah. So that was a, uh, that was a hell of a Boston comic con too, because I was never so miserable. Um, The heat outside was unbearable and the heat in the convention was, uh, the air conditioning in the convention was not working.
1: Ooh. Yeah. That does sound miserable.
0: It was so bad. Uh, I was just sweating profusely. Um, do you happen to know what the other cover looks like by the artist of the interior book?
1: Yeah, I have it in the omnibus because it's, it's the only one, I think, the other one. Because uh, it says annual number 3B by Ariel Zuckerbrull. And it's got at the bottom Hatchet Slash Old School American Horror vs. Comic Book Horror Hunter. And it's in the exact same style that is in the hatchet slash. And you have Cassie and Vlad pinned to the ground. They're pinned by Victor Crowley, who's taking up the upper part of the drawing. And you have Vlad actually holding a gun and also holding onto Victor Crowley's neck, trying to push against him. And Cassie's trying to crawl away, and she's trying to grab a hatchet. So it's it's a nice pretty cool scene where you're seeing them fighting Victor Crowley. Of course, it's like what you said, we didn't get to see uh Vlad fighting with Victor. That that would have been pretty cool.
0: Right. And until uh, Ash uh crossover, this is the last media property of any kind we see Cassie and Vlad uh encounter, of course that's just Cassie. Um but I might be wrong. I know there's a nail crossover, but that's just another book character.
1: Yeah. I think, yeah, because, I mean, we've seen quite a few characters, but, yeah, I think Victor Crowley is the last one until Ash from, yeah, from Evil Dead.
0: This entire annual goes off without any ads interrupting it, which I think is really great. And again, you got a little backup story. You have an ad in the back for comicology. And then of course you have the third degree with Blair Butler, who I think we've read this before. Blair Butler was a correspondent for attack of the show on G4, which has been threatening to come back. But I think the pandemic definitely probably delayed their inevitable return. We have the witch doctor, of the resurrection. So this is definitely a, uh, some ads we had seen previously all in all, a decent, solid uh, single issue of Hack Slash as the uh, annual crossover with uh, Adam Green's Hatchet franchise. I can definitely agree with that. This would definitely be a uh, fight I'd love to see happen again, of course. Uh, they of course, the, She does uh, mention a, uh, another previous serial killer that she's encountered. Do you, did you catch which one?
1: She says uh, Chucky, where yeah. she's like, if we run into him. <laughs>
0: yeah, the good guy doll again.
1: She says the weirdest line, though. She goes, I swear to God, if we run into him, I, I'm, I'm just going to take a shit. i like,
0: a- what? <laughs> I absolutely love uh, Tim to write a hatchet, uh, sorry, hack slash uh, pumpkin heads crossover. Oh,
1: I, would, as, I would love that, too. As
0: a miniseries, a couple issues, or whatever. I mean, it would be so easy to do with some kids, make a mistake, get someone killed, you know, uh, pumpkin head is summoned and Cassie and Vlad happen to be there as well and had to keep the kids protected all the while wondering, should they be? Because these kids got away with murder and, you know, the pumpkin head creature is justly right to enact out its revenge. Yeah. So that'd be a very moral conundrum. Ca- you know, Vlad would be very much like we have to save them and Cassie'd be like, why? you know (laughs) and then
1: he'd have to talk her into it because he'd be like because we fight the dead we fight flashers
0: we right um i wanted to point out a uh etsy store uh i found rather amusing and awesome and cool with all of its stuff uh i have an etsy store which currently is on suspension because i didn't uh my credit card got changed and the old credit card they tried to charge for their monthly fee. Unfortunately, they couldn't do it. Uh, another place I'm selling copies of Lada, Um called Nightingale Embroidery. And they sell all sorts of cool little Gothic embroideries and uh, vampire teeth, uh, hand-stitched panties or giant spider panties or, um, you know, some weird bondage uh, patches, which are kind of cute. And it's run by Colleen Daves. She's from uh, Ontario, Canada. Uh, you can go to at Colleen underscore Dave's group on lobotomy on Twitter and check out the uh, instagram post the Instagram uh, link and the Etsy store link uh, for more information about that.
1: yeah and I, I remember you'd shared that not too long ago you'd shared it online, and her stuff is really cute. I do. yeah
0: like I shared the uh, the bras. I think I tagged you in the in the in the funny looking uh, bras.
1: yeah. Where it's like, oh, well, those are interesting. You'll see something like that
0: every day. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, somebody posted up a Baba Yaga, um, uh, like, birdhouse or something I thought was, like, the most ingenious thing. It's not hers, but she retweeted it for somebody. I'm just like, that mm. is awesome. A Baba Yaga birdhouse.
1: I I was going to say, I would love something like that.
0: <laughs> or a Baba Yaga chicken coop.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> a Baba is- Yaga and the
0: chicken, face of the chicken That'd be awesome. Well, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with the first two parts of a four-issue uh, storyline. Uh, which one is it, Charcy? This one is
1: monster baiting. and
0: yes. And I'm- monster baiting, masturbating, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> but something yes. big happens in Cassie's life. Very
1: big. Uh, very
0: big. I probably get, you know, probably very, very big based on... <laughs> the context of the thing that I'm talking about. Um, don't forget you can find us at Goth Girl Horror on Twitter at Christy SAV. What's your Twitter name? Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter for Charcy Lux. And you can also send us an email that radio at radiohorror at gmail dot com or individual Instagrams as well. Social media. There's no Facebook for this podcast. Uh, otherwise, it's all under the Radio Horror banner, and all the previous episodes can be found on radiohorror dot com. And we try to cover every single issue of Hack Anything that we have missed, we will be going back and covering. We found out recently that we missed the Hack Halloween Man crossover, and I had intentions to do that last October. However, Charcy had just started a podcast. We kind of recorded a little bit out of order. It was the 13th anniversary of Radio of Horror. I got sick and put in the hospital for a week. Mm -hmm. It was still the middle of the pandemic. I started work back up full time. And I launched some Kickstarter for some book called Vlada, which was very successful. And if you want to know more about Vlada, go over to the Kickstarter page right now for Vlada, the audiobook. Pick up a copy of the audiobook or an audiobook, graphic novel, digital combo, in case you missed the original audiobook of Vlada, and you can also go to the Vlada a graphic novel Facebook page and Twitter as well to pick up a copy there. And we'll be back in a couple weeks with another exciting couple of issues of Hack Slash on Goth Girl Horror. See you next time. <laughs> You're bad. He's murderous. Monsters don't stand.